keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight, too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Heaven Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world. The St. Germain event. Sergeant Slaughterhouse is having some technical difficulties, but fret no more. We've got Mike Lawrence. We've got Robert Carpolis. We've got Zach Attack. We've got a 10 count. Let's get it going. Number one, Peacocks and Gobbledygookers. Peacock <laughs> uh, this week just... All right, my dog is already interrupting my intro by uh, biting on its uh, squeak toy. Um, but uh, yeah, these uh, I, I, I feel like a running thread for this podcast is just me getting attacked by my dog. Yes, it's, um, it's our version of Meltzer checking the alarm on his phone. <laughs> like I'm just going to be dragged away into the darkness at some point. You guys point. didn't know this, but this uh, a podcast is recorded in a kennel in the cell. <laughs> all right so peacock basically bought the wwe network and they're going to start streaming it in march um i think they they sold it for something like when we pulled it robert what was the figure i've seen like some version of a billion dollars um, yeah which makes sense for the value of the of the library um it was a it was a bold decision. I mean, basically, I mean, Vince- does it? That's my question because I think it's a huge it's a huge win for the fans. It's a huge win for WWE. So, but I, so I'll I don't quantify know. the answer. The, the only reason I'm quantifying the answer is this was basically um, Vince had three girlfriends and he had to pick one. He was flirting with Disney. He was flirting with the, through ESPN. Um, and he was flirting with Peacock and he was flirting with keeping this as his own and just pushing it forward. Uh, you you had to pick one. Uh, by picking Peacock, you've now pissed off ESPN. ESPN is now no longer going to have their relationship with the WWE uh, because they wanted they desperately wanted this programming for ESPN Plus. Uh, so this is a huge huge win for NBC, uh, migrating people over to Peacock and giving a value to Peacock beyond that uh, terrible Saved by the Bell reboot is uh, is huge. I heard it was good. I, I heard it was genuinely good. You're, it's the, fir- a, it's, you're it's, the first person who's told me it wasn't good. It's it's trying to be two different things at once, and it's fun for like an episode, but then after a little while, it gets a little grating. It's a I lot like, of you know, I like Starsky and Hutch, and nobody else like that. I like Starsky and Hutch, but yeah. imagine Starsky and Hutch if it was six hours. <laughs> Like you yeah, get the joke by episode three. It's like, yeah, all right, we get it. We're, you're winking at the camera, but you gotta, you gotta stop. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, like, Dustin Diamond has like really bad cancer, and I would rather watch a documentary about that than a reboot of Say by the Bell. I'd rather watch I was just queuing in the Tom Hanks <laughs> for that comment. <laughs> that uh, truly terrifying, Mike. Um, yeah, I, I will say. There, here's how I think Peacock 
could totally make this a gigantic win is like my wife is addicted to bravo i'm addicted to wrestling and you have already you have all the bravo you have the bravo library there you have the wwe library the crossover is true crime i find because me and my wife we both love like 2020 and dateline if i that being its own streaming service i, I could see that being a massive success I think the advantage that that Peacock has here is you immediately get an infusion of uh, subscribers and yeah. that's big and they, and it's cheaper than WWE network because it's four ninety nine versus nine ninety nine. So you're getting the problem I think with the WWE and I'm, I'm, I was going to save this later for the unpopular opinion, but having all of this available and you can watch anything at any point in time is too much. And people just kind of take it for granted. And that's why there wasn't every like everybody that's a wrestling fan should be a subscriber to WWE Network, but the numbers show that they aren't. And that to me is is mind blowing. And now you're making it cheaper and more accessible. And I I hope that it brings new eyeballs to it. Peacock is infinitely easier for me to watch because I have Xfinity and Peacock is already integrated in there. I don't have to switch to a different app. I can just pull it up with my remote and then boom, there's Peacock. Uh, what about the what about the interface? concerns that like you're not going to be able to queue certain matches like you can now with the WWE network that is my concern but because this is only happening in the u.s i'm curious how they're gonna how they're gonna structure this if it's going to be a subset in peacock and you're still going to have that because they spent a lot of money to design the wwe network and i was just getting used to how to find things for our to watch for our patreon but if this is voice activated, by the way, we're doing uh, it's happy Royal Rumble week. We're doing the Royal Rumble. We're going to have it Monday morning. Our Patreon members are watching it Sunday night, recording right afterwards. Back to Robert. Absolutely. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, Look, I think if if you have Peacock with it, with X, it's actually included with Xfinity. So you don't even need to pay extra and you're probably going to get access to the WWE network. So the fact that it's easier for people to watch the rumble or watch WrestleMania or, or watch Fastlane is uh, is definitely a plus because if somebody's even a remotely casual fan, they're going to click over rather than having to download a new app or sign in or anything like that. I wonder how stacked they're going to make Fastlane. I, did you watch Raw this week? They announced the Peacock deal, and that was what they put on television to celebrate. So I can imagine that there were people calling from NBC Universal. I, thought, on the I, cancellation I did clause. think this week's Raw was a lot better than last week's. Which, okay, listeners, I just want to clar clarify this because Dan texted this to us and said, I think this is better than last week's. And I said, did you watch the women's match segment? And he goes, no. And I'm like, well, that's why. <laughs> I did. That was that tag match was the one thing I said. It was a one-on-one -on -one match that turned into a tag match that ended and then they came back and restarted it again. It was a 20 minute block of Nia Jax. So no. Smackdown's good. Smackdown's how is, good. How is, how is Nia Jax not in the hurt business? <laughs> she should be the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that she's clapping back at people like on Twitter. Like yeah. all you haters out there. You yeah. Know, I don't like, remember the me I don't remember the mean meme that Christopher Reeves horse sent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was yeah, she was like, I, I I'm glad I got so much real estate in your mind. It's like they're not it's they're not body shaming you. They're not it's not that typical hater, you know, Twitter bullshit. It's like 
you are injuring your coworkers. You it's should- not a one-off. It's not like this is a no. once a, or even a once a year occurrence. No, this is probably the best long-term story WWE has told in years. <laughs> Nia Jax hurts people. It's a it's like a three or four year story. <laughs> she has she has real estate in your mind, but it's a cracked foundation because you broke their skull. Like it's just <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, you know you know how awful you have to be to make me sympathize with Dana Brooke. You did it. You did it. <laughs> hey, Sergeant Slaughterhouse is here, everybody. What's up, boys? Sorry, I just won eight million dollars. Whoa, uh, GameStop, baby! In, in the stock market. Uh, it's nice to be here. We're talking shit about Nia Jax. Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I have I a question. About Peacock and I couldn't. You know, they were having a serious economic discussion, and I felt insecure. So then I was like, "Fat lady hurt people," and now I feel comfortable again. <laughs> he didn't mean that. She's in very good shape. It's just an unflattering outfit. Yes. Uh, she's it really. Uh, is. Right, you know, she's. I like her music. <laughs> well, she's not like most girls because cool. most girls know she, how to work. I, I think Nia Jax looks cool. Uh, and when it comes to this bump this week, I mean, I don't know exactly what she did wrong. Like, what did she do wrong? It's just, it was just a little rough. She just, she lost uh, control of Dana Brooke up in the air, and the way she picked her up was not the was not the WWE way to do it. And when Dana Brooke's head hit the ground, it hit the ground pretty damn hard. And, I, like, and then I blame Dana. It was a, a power bomb. Like, it was like a power bomb turning to choke. Nia's the victim. I think the bigger issue too, and this happens like I, find, I feel like it's happening more and more is the move they do after the move like because she does a leg drop right after and it's like there's no checkup there's no concern like they gotta i i honestly think right now i don't get why shit needs to be live tape it make the best wrestling you can protect your employees (laughs) like it doesn't there's nobody there no what we really need is the women's division needs their version of like a hardcore holly and we need just a lady Molly who Holly every around? time every time Naya messes up, you need to put her in the ring with someone who will beat the shit out of her. What do we just we just make we just make Naya box JBL? <laughs> also, I love how I pitched, hey, somebody beat up Naya Jax for real. Yeah, yeah you basically <laughs> were just Trump. The, the problem with that is let's beat up a lady. So you can't you can't do that because the old school mentality uh, and we even do this in MLW is you always want to have and this is this was a rule that, that I was taught. You always want to have a Samoan on the roster who can go out there and regulate shit if you need it. And the problem is the Samoan in this division is Nia Jax. So, you know, how do you uh, it's like you need Godzilla to take down King Kong. Yeah. Thing is, like, she's likable. Like my, my mom loves her on Total Divas like. It's yeah. just maybe she's not ready to be on TV, train her, like reprimand her. Or that's what I think. I really think there should be a three strike rule. If you hurt the wrestlers, the wrestlers should get to vote on whether they get to, if they want to continue to work with you. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think there is some of that, but you're, you're right. There's not, there's not the freedom to speak up. And I also think the issue with something like that is then it gets like political and then, you know, you get yeah. one guy in there right. who acts like an asshole and all of a sudden he's like burying dudes. Well, you, you know? know, yeah, you have like what happened with Taz this past week where he's like, oh, like, I don't want to work with that guy. He's not safe. And then you bury the guy for 10 fucking years. Yeah. Number two, I, I altered this a little bit, guys, because I thought the first version of it is was too mean. But um, 
All right. Is okay. Is is this Jericho a work? Is Jericho a work outside of wrestling, or is this shoot? Like, where does the Chris Jericho character start? And because, like, this whole week was like him doing the lion salts to try to get internet justice, and then you know, it was a perfect lion salt. Post posting. 10 Larry King pictures, one of which was a still from the Benoit murder. I mean, you know, and, and the guy was Larry King there when Benoit was killing his family. <laughs> are you asking questions? Right. Well, oh with Chris God, in Atlanta, that's actually Chris, more, what are you doing? That's yeah, Dude, that's, that's actually up there. It was more incredible than the Kevin Sullivan theory. So, sorry, did, you, did you see the post, Robert? It's no, I didn't. Okay, so what he did was on the day that Larry King passed, he eulogized him, right? And like I, I got to be on his show a couple of times. It was a nice he was eulogy on my show. And he had like a bunch of pictures. And one of the pictures was of of a, a, a still of him and Brett from the Benoit interview. <laughs> And it's and the and the crawl that says wrestler kills family or whatever. It's like, here's the thing: he has lots of pictures with him and Larry, which are great. You can just post those. Like, there was no need to post picture that. with Larry. Nice, ni- nice tribute on his podcast episode. There's so many ways he handled this well, and then you know he just, you know, it's like you know there's a safety in the end zone as soon as soon as he does this. I mean, I, I I think he definitely pushes it. Uh, he 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 understands where people have an issue with him, and he's not shying away from it. Uh, but I do think it's him. I just think it's a little amplified. I mean, the COVID but stuff only when crazy. people start calling him out. So I think he does something ridiculous. Everyone makes fun <laughs> of him. Then he pushes it further. But the initial ridiculous is just Jericho being Jericho. But I think that he pushes it further only in certain ways. Like, I I genuinely think that all the Chubbly stuff, like all the NBA fans, like really hurt his feelings. I think that like we haven't seen him in an opening segment in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, I don't know why I, I was I don't know why I was uh, burying the lead here. But the the original name of the original caption was drunk or stupid. Is Jericho more drunk or stupid? <laughs> that's, that's... I think I think what it is is that he's um, he's unfiltered. That he was under Vince for so many years, and we've heard stories about Vince chewing him out and stuff like that, and some of the bad booking. And now he has complete creative control, which more than a lot of people in AEW has been a benefit. He's done a lot of great stuff. Oh, he's done he's some put, amazing stuff. He's put people over. I just think that. That confidence in the ring and in the character sometimes comes out in real life. And I, I, I mean, if I had to rationalize it, I think that it's like, well, that was one of the appearances I was on. And it's just like, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, too, is that like you know, people talk about cancel culture and all that. Like he does stuff that like some of the stuff he does is like not great, but a lot of the stuff he does is stuff where it's like, yeah, just take your licks and get made fun of, dude. Oh, it's there's nothing that he should be canceled over at all, and he's one of the greatest of all time. It's just like what he thinks are controversial. He's like, "What if great white sharks 
we're ghosts. It's like yeah. it's like oh, that's a lot of his podcasts. Like, what if Bigfoot was in the Illuminati? You know, well, the only the only legit guy who watched the X Files and read one book about JFK and now has a lot of opinions. Yeah, the, the only legit like controversial stuff I was saying is the COVID stuff, which he's handled yeah. really poorly. You know, so is like the country, you know, maybe Chris Jericho, professional wrestler. (laughs) Okay, but the thing about Jericho is I never thought this would happen, but he made Jim Cornette seem like the most reasoned, rational person I've heard. When I listened to why when Cornette eviscerated Jericho, because I I listened to the clip and it was so well laid out, it was. You know, you on uh, yes, you work for this company that I that I absolutely fucking hate. Yes, you support the president who I fucking hate. But you got COVID. You went to this Sturgis rally that you that no one thought was a good idea for you to go to. You claim only seven people got COVID. It turns out this thing was a super spreader event. You got COVID and you were still showing up to AEW events. And you claim that you don't know exactly when you got the most notorious disease going around right now. I don't buy it. And he, and as far as I mean, Cornette's concerned, I mean, that, that's his this, point. But the I, but the dates that he, there is, it's not unfeasible that he uh, was responsible, and and there uh, there are the dates there that where he could have quarantined, and I, I think that that's I think that's important to say because if he didn't do it, if he did, you know, if if he just, you know, like if if you get COVID and then go to a big rally, that's you know beyond negligent, but you kind of got to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Well, no, right? he went to a big rally. And then was con- and then was showing up at AEW. I think the problem is more. But wasn't there like the tapings p- space? Like I just I wasn't there, there was, but you're it's and you're said the tapings were kind of spaced far enough apart that you're never, still doing a never pretty- more than fourteen days. They would do like two episodes, but that's it. Right, but you're still doing a pretty reckless thing when you know that you're interacting with other people who are putting their faith in you. You know, we there was all those people like there were the young guys in NXT, the unnamed people who had COVID and then spread it to other people. And you're like, these guys were being an asshole because they went they had like a party in their apartment. Jericho went to a concert with thousands and thousands of people. It doesn't take a, a genius to think, you know what, maybe that you're exposing yourself unnecessarily to COVID um, that and, and you're showing up at a job where you're working with older people who you're not wearing a mask when you're all out there. You know, he's on commentary sitting next to Jericho, sitting next to Jim Ross, sitting next to Tony Schiavone. Like you're going to kill one and a half of the best announcers alive. He does come off like the kind of guy who would show up to work with it as a prank. (laughs) I mean, even, even his entrance, you know, like uh, my wife was watching wrestling with me last night. And she was like, are they all just singing without masks? Like, even his entrance is a super spreader event at this point. <laughs> I don't know, man. But it's like, I, I do agree that, it, you know, like good times you do. Like, people got to work, too, you know. And, and the federal government hasn't been great at exactly providing the money that people need. Um, so... And apparently neither is Tony Khan, which is why Jericho has to go out on the road and <laughs> sing no, for is, bikers. Hey, that is that is a fair point. Uh, number three, the markout moment of the week. I'll start out. I'm going to go with Sami Zayn handcuffing himself to the barrier in the beginning of SmackDown. I think that Sami Zayn gets ignored a lot on this podcast, and he's consistently had great matches. He's a consistently great promo. And this was a really clever way to keep himself over without necessarily, you know, being in the title picture or being the next guy to be champion. How about you, Mike? I'm going to go with 
Um, I'm going to go with last night's dynamite. This should not have worked, and it really did. Uh, cutting off Luchasaurus's horns was an amazing moment because it was all about how much it means to him. And it, it was effective. Obviously, the, the Jungle Boy Dax match was great. I, I didn't love all Dynamite. We'll get into that further, but this was awesome. And this was a cool fucking moment of like old school, but new school and the selling of it and everything. It was just dickish heel. Let's ruin the guy who thinks he's a dinosaur's mask. <laughs> Robert? My mark out moment of the week, also from. Uh, dynamite that I watched uh, last night was uh, John Moxley's promo. This may have been one of my favorite Moxley promos that I've seen him cut in a very long time. He was loose. He was funny. And more importantly, he pointed out how incredibly stupid and convoluted the booking that's been going on in dynamite is, but he sold it. He's like, he's like, let me, let me get this straight. The good brothers who don't work on our show are tag champions. The young bucks are tag champs on our show. They're friends. I'm not friends with them. I'm not friends with Pac and the Lucha Brothers because they all hate me. But now we're on the same team, even though we hate. And then it's basically like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to fight. I like ice cream. I like having sex in the morning. Like, let's go. It was just calling out that nothing that on Dynamite makes sense from a storyline perspective. And just sit back and, and just, you know, fucking deal with it. And you know that the heart of his promo is they tried to explain to him what the storylines going on. And he's like, Dude, your show doesn't make any fucking sense. Give me a camera. Give me two minutes, and I'm going to sell the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Scott. He really did sell the chaos of it all. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, my markout moment of the week involved handcuffs and involved Luchasaurus. It was the fact that Jungle Boy's theme song got to play a little longer while they handcuffed the, uh, um, you know, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Well, cash. Cash is his name? Cash yeah, Wheeler, Cash right? Yeah, Cash and Tully to uh, Luchasaurus. The fact that they played that song longer, uh, it almost felt intentional to me uh, that they played the song while they were being handcuffed because everybody does really need to hear that song. And the fact that they were singing it uh, throughout the match, I mean, we knew this was going to happen. This is going to be awesome when crowds are back, and I got excited because, again – top five greatest songs of all time. See, it's funny you say that because one of the things that bugged me the most was the crowd continuing to do the, the song throughout the match because it was a pretty long match and they were doing it for a while and it turns into the beach ball and the crowd or the audience doing the wave. And I'm worried when you get to 10,000, 12,000 seat arenas that they're going to be so enamored with how fun is it to do the, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa thing that they're going to just take away from whatever the match is. True. Let's wait and see. Zach? I really liked Eddie Kingston's bump off the apron when he got dumped off the top over the top rope. That was hilarious. I just lost a bet with myself. I thought for sure Zach's pick was going to be Edge's awesome promo on Raw. It wasn't. What you didn't like Edge's promo though? I didn't think it was awesome. I thought it was great. I thought and, it was and, really good too. And dude, I think I, I've been thinking about Edge because every time we do a Patreon, plug in the Patreon, the, like I, this last week, Edge was in it, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. Yep. Tina, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. And it reminded me that I've never liked Edge that much, like ever, ever, ever. And I thought that promo was so good. That was one of my one of my favorite moments of the week for sure. I mean, for me, Edge is like a, the hunky guy in every romantic comedy. 
No, you man. He's got I didn't no realize ass. how hunky he was until the end it of the has movie. has no ass. It, it ruins wall. It ruins every match for me. And uh, Evan Williams, another comedian, he pointed that out to me too. He was like, he's like, uh, can't get into him. And I was like, why? And he's like, the guy has no ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of flat ass. Man, he that's some a, a flat ass, dude. He's like my fucking father. <laughs> Your father would kill for hair like that. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's get to number four. Uh, this week, who won? Uh, AEW Dynamite, NXT, or a rerun of Jaws? Let's start out by uh, breaking down the shows. Let's, uh, let's start with AEW Dynamite. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer was a, was a pretty short match, and mostly it, 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 it highlighted... Lance Archer's new babyface turn by, you know, by having uh, the Butcher and the Blade um, kidnap Jake Roberts, which, you know, the thing about kidnapping Jake Roberts is every time you're holding Jake Roberts, it doesn't look like you kidnapped him. It's it looks like you found him on your property, you know, <laughs> and you're like trying to get him out of your backyard. Um, yeah also kidnapping it's like now you're in his world right yeah. like I was watching this was the closest I ever yeah. felt to what watching you, a reenactment of suicide kings what you, like this yeah. was the entire movie suicide kings in one segment like you're not gonna kidnap roberts he's gonna like do it harder get the battery tie it to my nipples yeah i want to feel you're something him, you're gonna throw him in a trunk he slept in one last night he's like he's like you call yourself the bunny well, snakes eat bunnies, and he's just gonna put his mouth on her, <laughs> try to swallow yeah, just her, uncomfortably on the side of her head. head. Yeah. <laughs> like the thing is, he doesn't even need to do really creepy things at this point. He just needs to like, like, like drop a jelly bean on her, you know, or like just tickle the ear. I, I totally forgot about the whole Brandy Rhodes thing. Yeah, well, yeah. What are the butcher and the blade gonna do? Torture him by making him call his family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, Dude, wait till his dark side of the ring comes out and they like cross promote it somehow. It's going to be so <laughs> uncomfortable. I promise you. Oh, it's going to be so uncomfortable. Does anybody have anything to add to that segment? It, no, I, I, I well, <laughs> AEW uh, to me, AEW was the better show, but I will say this. Uh, the Cody Rhodes thing is like, is it the worst thing in wrestling at the moment? That feud? I mean, I, it doesn't seem I, like it's I mean, highlighted so. enough to I, be I the think worst it's worse thing. Than, yeah, I think but it's it is the bad. Thing in wrestling. I, I think don't it's, know. It's did, bad. did you not watch that? Worse. Did you not watch that Sting Darby pre-tape? Oh my god! Was Sting Darby. I, Can we go that, into I liked that. that. Can I? Uh, Sting okay. And Darby, having. <laughs> Can I wait? Let me let me yeah. let me uh, cue you up, Robert. Sting and Darby Allen uh, discussed their upcoming street fight against Team Taz at AEW Revolution. Hey, you you know that um you know that Kurt Angle Shane McMahon match where he throws him through the glass. Yeah. Uh, this was the opposite of that <laughs> as far as glass. Why break. why wasn't Cat Stevens' father and son playing during this? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the segment, Mike? This was okay. So this was uh, like I said, my wife was watching, and it and it does change things when you're watching this stuff because it's like the shame amplifies. Like, and we're watching, and I just go like. Also, Mike, I just want to stop for stop you for a second. Like, not yeah. only the shame, but like things casual fans like, where like you'll be watching it, and my wife will be like, "Oh, Roman, he's hot," you know. And then you're like, yeah. "Oh, okay, that's why Vince went with him." 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I remember my my wife saying like, "Oh, Roman, he's hot, but why is his hair always wet?" <laughs> and I don't have an answer for it. Uh, but no, with this, it was like I just the 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 windows look so small, and it was so like you said, it was like so anticlimactic when they broke. And I just go, uh, "How old do you think that guy is?" And she goes, "Really old." <laughs> like, and he's got face paint on and he looks terrible like it just this was really this actually has the opposite effect of what it's supposed to do it makes darby look lesser and i know it's supposed to be pushing him and and that was 100 percent what my my note i mean first of all the background looked like it was like a, a high school was putting on a haunted house with the with the purple <laughs> uplighting and all i kept thinking was there's a pa that set up purple uplighting behind this to make it look cool and sting was like giving a soliloquy and then darby starts talking like he's like he's doing a monologue audition and i i worked with darby and mlw and we did the creepy bullshit promos like late at night in like a back alley somewhere. And he gets really intense and he's really fucking creepy and good. This was terrible. His delivery made no sense. What he said made no I mean, sense. He's done Throw this it. before. That was great. Like all those other vignettes were great. He's, he's usually really good. They just, yeah. he was poor. He was poorly produced. Sting was at a totally different level. Like things like we're not hooligans. Well, okay. This guy's a hooligan. Ha ha. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Dude, he's doing Joker sting. He's doing Joker sting. Yeah. Yeah. No, Don't invoke he, anything from TNA and think that's a really good idea. <laughs> I think that it's might just be his personality. <laughs> his Joker sting. Like yeah, the long, the long one of this man. is he's definitely trying to convert Darby to become a born again Christian. Like this is the, that's the whole reason he came back. He's going <laughs> to save his soul. But that's the thing is that it's like, they want him to be like dark and mysterious. And he was already like, Tony, it's good to see you. <laughs> About these fans here in Jacksonville. You know who also likes skating? Jesus Christ. Um, it was nothing cooler than salvation. Like he should just call himself Papa Steve at this point. Like it's Darby and Papa Steve. <laughs> they, should call, they should call it Pop Team Taz versus Papa Steve's traveling band. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, let's keep going. Oh yeah, so the Cody segment we got to oh. talk about. Yes, so. we're not we're not there just yet. If that's okay, we're gonna get there okay. though. Um, next up, we have Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Varsity Blondes. And the, the only thought that I had during this was, you know, is this the best use of everybody in this? Um, I just like every time I see MJF and Jericho, I'm like, both of these guys are amazing, but I kind of wish they were doing their own thing so they could elevate somebody else on the card. Um, maybe that's just, and it's also like my fear of things getting to WCW where the top guys are just the top against the top guys because they're top guys, not because there's a creative angle behind it. What did you think of this, Robert? It's a necessary evil to establish MJF and Jericho as a team because they're doing that big tag team battle royal thing. I feel bad for whatever guy had to merge MJF's music with Jericho's music because that's a lot of effort to make something A, not sound good, and B, not be a long-term thing that they're going to use because these guys are not going to be together for a while. Brian Pillman Jr. is a really talented, charismatic guy. We used him in MLW, same with MJF. He's kind of lost in this right now. I get that you're just get, getting him on TV and putting him on there for exposure. I don't think it's the best 
use for him. He doesn't need to be seen as this kind of young, plucky underdog when he plays a shitty heel as well as his dad. He's got a really hateable personality on camera, really nice guy in real life, but on camera can get under your skin and it works. And I kind of want that for him. This felt very long for what should have been a little bit more of a dominant MJF Jericho match. Scott, what do you think of this? What do you think of this angle, Scott? I mean, it's not the best. I don't mind them being in a tag team. I don't mind them not being at the top of the card. I'm absolutely fine with that. I just wish when they were on TV, they were a little more entertaining. Uh, Everything is just kind of falling short. With that said, I loved this match. Uh, I like the Varsity Blondes. I think it's like I like a cool, that as a gimmick, man. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I think it's like a cool, fun little thing for now. And a thing I like about watching AEW is seeing these guys who, yes, they are super talented, and yes, Brian Pillman could be this single star heel, but it's it's seeing him now and knowing we'll get there. If he's great at it, we're gonna get there, and that's. Why I, I've never watched a wrestling show since its inception, you know? So seeing these dudes build and grow is like part of why I like it. And seeing this match and knowing that that uh both those guys are gonna have futures as single stars and you have Jericho and MJF. I just chose to enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, I liked it. Dude, if I'm Pillman, I bulk up so I get attractive to WWE and then make a run there. I feel like that guy would do great in NXT. There's just, I mean, not, there's just not enough real estate. There's, there's, no, there's there will be. Just... He, he still, he, he still needs work. How old is he? What? 26. Yeah. He's like 26. Something like that. I mean, Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. He's going to be fine. I think he's a little older than that. Yeah. Somebody Google. He's like, that he's, means he would have been like fucking really? new, right? What? So he start. he was like a rookie. What? He's about 25, 26. Cause he was a baby in the promo. Oh, okay. After his dad died. Remember, oh, he's in the arms? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, what the hell For was I going to say? Also, dude, how great of a feud between Brian Pilmer Jr. and and Randy Orton? It's like one of Randy Orton's last feuds. Oh, sure, sure. But I I, I don't know. You, I think you got to get there. Like, it's – so as far as I know, he's 27 years old. Um, What, he started like three years ago, and then he got hurt almost immediately and was out like a year or something. Yeah. He got hurt. It's not even like a consistent full three, you know, he, he, he just hasn't been around for a while. Uh, give it time. I mean, I think guys like him, jungle boy, it's like in five years, they're going to be AEW. It's going to be yeah. really cool. I just I don't think he has a character right now. Griff Garrison is indie rific. And I, I think that it's like, if you're going to call them the varsity blondes and invoke the Hollywood blondes, like Griff ain't your Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that's he's, a good point. He's, the, he's the ringmaster at this point that's gonna haunt you mike <laughs> we'll see yeah, this is gonna end in you getting griff garrisoned into a table they should though they should like wear varsity jackets they should like do i agree something a little more like the, I, well, they, they I, have I the, var- the varsity club that old wcw gimmick what's yeah just, just do that well it's yeah. the whole thing like aw does this a lot where it's like why should I care? Because it's on TV. It's like, no, fucking make me care. <laughs> yeah. And you're saying that the, the next segment with Cody didn't make you care, Mike? <laughs> yeah, well, well, right before Cody, we oh, have right. a, a, the- a Pac promo. 
uh, where he's talking about the match with uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Yeah, we can just talk about Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Next up, Shaq. Shaq accepts Cody uh, Rhodes' challenge on Inside the NBA. And uh, there is a long segment with Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes where they talk about Cody's future child and Dusty Rhodes. And they talk about Arn, you know, Arn chewing Cody out last week for his match with Peter Avalon. Right before Cody can respond to Shaq, um, if I'm if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong on this timeline, Velvet Sky or oh, Velvet. Red Velvet. Red Velvet. Red Velvet, sorry, Velvet Sky's DNA. Red <laughs> yeah. Velvet came out and challenged Jade Cargill to a fight. So I guess we're getting in March. I, I wonder if that means Revolution or an a or a Dynamite. I, I don't know, but we're getting Shaq and uh, Jade Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and uh, Red Velvet. What's yeah, Red, this Red is Velvet, awesome. Uh, this- <laughs> Red Velvet, who's a former tag team partner, Rainbow Sprinkles. Uh, my, my favorite thing is when Shaq, like, you can tell, like, what I love. Dude, it feels like, I'm sorry, Mike, it feels like a rib describing the segment. It is. Like, halfway through the segment, I'm like, am I pulling a prank on myself? Or is this, this is all bad. Happen? This is, the, the, this whole thing is, but what I love was that, like, when you watch those old Royal Rumble promos, right? Like you could tell that they're just told, okay, 30 men over the top rope. Like you got to say a few things, right? So Shaq is like clearly told, like, call him a punk and say it's in March because he's like, just name a place. Let's do March. <laughs> like, it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> and this is this feud, it's like. Because I tried to like do some research about this. Like, are there missing pieces? There, there are not. Like, Shaq has no connection to Jade Cargill. Like, outside of this, like, <laughs> there's no. I, and Red Velvet, it's like, well, my wife can't be there, so I'll just get someone who looks like my wife. <laughs> Which was Cody's promo. That was the thing we at Cody's promo before she came out was basically like. Him basically looking at the camera like, look, this was supposed to be the storyline here, guys, was Jade Cargill and Shaq against me and my wife. But then, you know, I, the condom, like the condom broke. And, you know, because I had to finish anyway, you're stuck with Red Velvet, who I, I want to know the over under and how many times Jim Ross has called her Brandy in the back. I'm thinking it's at least 30 times. <laughs> well, Jim Ross often looks like he's thinking about cupcakes, so he probably is just calling the Red Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus and 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 the thing the thing too is that it's like <laughs> i just don't if you're gonna have a okay usually you have tag matches right because you're worried about someone in the match but this is like this is three out of your four people that are green as fuck like and if you're gonna push red velvet then push her have her on the show and have matches but she isn't on the show and doesn't really have matches by the way, here here's why Cody deserves to get some shit. You're, you're bringing Shaq in for Dynamite because of the TNT relationship. Why was this not Cody putting over Shaq, MJF talks some shit, and now Shaq is like, I'm going to kick your ass because you have the visual of giant Shaq and tiny MJF, and now you're using your heel to cross over and him talking shit on the NBA show, which is going to talk people into the building, quote-unquote, for Dynamite. 
because that's the same thing that Shaq did with Jericho years prior. It should have been Jericho like, Max, don't mess with this guy. Trust me. Max, like, I know what I'm doing. And then MJF has something interesting to do. You're getting good crossover promotion where he's going to get mainstream exposure rather is, than baby. Barkley calls Shaq Mr. Sensitive. MJF would say something and Shaq would, would just pull out. There's you no think? That Shaq, I'm telling you, there's no way. The reason that it's Cody, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be Cody. Maybe it should be Jericho or somebody who knows how to do these type of feuds. But if it was MJF, he would say something. He would cross the line and Shaq would pull out. That yeah, probably he probably he's like say something about like on the show when they bring up Hackershack, when they bring up like a thing that was a, a defense that teams employed during the fucking early two thousands. When when people bring it up on the show, he acts all butthurt. Yeah, but if if he would have just stuck with like you know, hey Shazam, um, <laughs> you know, I, or hey Steel, like whatever, like that. Shazam. I feel like you could have. You could have produced it to, to or pre-taped yes. to work. But my point is, Shaq is a Shaq is a huge star. Cody is a baby face. The audience has no dog in this in this uh, race or hunt or whatever. There's no reason to boo Shaq. There's no reason really to boo Cody. You're going to get a very confused crowd. It's it's amazing. It's like it's like these segments have the timing of something amazing. Because Cody's good at that. Cody's good at like mapping out a great movie. And then it's just, there's nothing. I mean, this might be <laughs> the, the bone. in terms of this, this might be the greatest feud that is not a feud. There is no feud. There is no storyline. There's no. no issue. It's like, oh, I think my wife like yelled at this lady. I don't he, exactly know what it was about, but they don't really like each other. And so, oh, here's Shaq. And like, none of it makes sense. Even Arn's promo, like halfway through, Arn realized it didn't make sense. He's telling yeah. the story about like, your dad was wrestling and then had to fly across the country for you to be born. You're going to do this match in March. Your wife's not due for a long time after, but you know, just keep that in mind during that yeah. match in March. <laughs> you don't want to miss right, the birth Robert. of your kid. That's what made it, it was like insult to injury because it was really interesting beginning of a promo where he's talking about history and Cody gets emotional. And then they just bring in Shaq out of nowhere. It was weird. Well, it's it was- also it's like Cody's like character now just feels like a guy who was revived out of a coma from 1996 because <laughs> he has Snoop doing his music and he's just angry about Shaq <laughs> and his friends with Sting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford and Miro talk about the wedding next week. Do we have to talk about it right now, though? I don't think so. Uh, no, we don't have to go segment by segment, Dan. <laughs> Hell no, not with that one. Not for that uh, one. Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler's brother, the Billy Baldwin of professional wrestling. <laughs> it's the Frank Yikes. Stallone of professional wrestling. What? It's the Frank Stallone of professional wrestling. Stallone. Sorry. All right. Give him the fucking uh, Clint Howard, all right? Uh, <laughs> I like Clint uh, Howard. He was great yeah, in like that Clint thing Clint. you do. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm trying to give the guy a you know, we'll give one example. It's, you know, not terrible. Lanny's uh, just in the corner going, don't you forget <laughs> about me. Uh, I'm going to say, I mean, this is an unpopular opinion, but I think that Matt Hardy is pretty good in this role. Yeah, I believe he's a dick. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the match that the internet is gushing over. Well, before we get to that, there was a great line in this Adam Page match where Excalibur at one point said something like, such velocity in this match. And velocity was the only word that came to my mind when I was watching Ryan Nemeth and Adam Page. <laughs> uh, 
Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. Yes, the Jungle Boy uh, theme music is the most well-spent money in uh, AEW history. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I, I thought the post-match angle was was better than the match itself, but I thought the match was really solid. For me, it's like I wanted to compare this to like a Bret Hart and One Two Three Kid or Razor Ramon One Two Three Kid, and I don't think it quite met that sort of. Can't like, man, no crowd. I know. Yeah, that's why. I'm, look, I said it was really good. I'm not saying it's yeah. not really good. It was very. It was good. a lot of fun though. I, I yeah, I, I I did like it, and I liked the. Uh, what happened after the cutting of the horns that got me they got to do a sarah mclaughlin video next week of like <laughs> the replay well what i what i was the only thing i was the only opportunity i think they missed is why didn't he put the horns on like a chain so like next week he can like wear the horns around his neck like shark teeth oh yeah well hopefully they hear this and uh hopefully qt hears this and, and lets cody know <laughs> That's a really good idea. I like that. <laughs> hey, Cody. God damn it, QT. I said milk, not sugar. Uh, <laughs> uh, Robert. Um, I really wanted to like this match because I liked the story going into it. And I liked the idea of the more established Dax Harwood and Jungle Boy. It was a little too sloppy for me to really get behind it. There were a couple of points where I'm like, Jungle Boy needs more, a lot more seasoning, especially on the finish when he was botching the uh, submission hold and you could see Dax trying to adjust it and then Jungle Boy's hand slipped and then as soon as he put it back on, Dax like, fuck it, I got to tap because I can't keep selling this. That kind of took me out of it a little bit. I like the story a lot. I like the idea of what they're trying to do a lot. My hope, my sincere, if QT, I know you're listening, this <laughs> needs to lead to Dax and and, uh, and and Wheeler getting a cease and desist letter for what they did to Jungle Boy from the World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> we are at war with that the WWF. Be, they do not like what we did. That's uh, that's awesome. That's the uh, that's the alt comedy version of Triple H on the tank in front of. Me. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of this, Mike and Scott? Yeah, it was great. It was. Um, I think yeah, Jungle Boy's a star. I think they got to get rid of Marco Stunt because it diminishes Jungle Boy's, like, uniqueness. Him coming out with Luchasaurus is a great package. I don't know why there's this third person, and I never have. All right, next up, there was a match between Dr. Britt Baker and Shayna. Shana. Right. Shana. I think that's all that needs to be yeah, said. Yeah, 925 Live. Uh, that's what I'm going to start calling the swim <laughs> division. <laughs> really the exact same time every week. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as it could have been until the curb stomp after and then they botched the curb stomp where you could hear Brit talking to Shana like here's how you need to do this like hold still and it was uh this should have been cut from the live show. I will say though this might this edit. might be the first time in history where the same woman has wrestled twice in two, you know, two weeks consecutively, because Britt's going against Thunder Rosa next week. They never do that. <laughs> they always they'll have someone coming and they're just gone for a month. <laughs> um, and finally, our main event: uh, the Young Bucks versus the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. The Young Bucks went over. And uh, hinted that uh, they were going to face the Good Brothers when they win the Battle Royal next week at Beach Break. 
Next up, NXT. We start out with the Dusty Rhodes. That was a blast, though, right? That match was a lot of fun. I liked it. Yeah, I love John. I, I get a crack. Uh, John Silver cracks me up, man. That guy John Silver guy. was a highlight, definitely. I think that, the only my only takeaway on this though, so fun when he does the big man call out, it's so fun. He's really good, but there was a lot of spots in here that were nostalgia based for something that most of this audience doesn't necessarily know, and I think that's always kind of my issue with this that they don't have footage of these guys together from years past, and WWE would not allow them to just. You're going to assume that everybody knows. All right, this is why this spot means something, and this is why you should be reacting to it. It, it's you you you're taking for granted a little something because i haven't seen a ton of their bullet club stuff where i would have been like i get it all right this is a signature moment had no emotional impact to me because they there wasn't a video package there wasn't a story wasn't something we've seen before minor nitpick but that was it i want to apologize i think my mic fell out so uh that must have been weird accepted dude <laughs> just accepted <laughs> All right, NXT, Dusty Rhodes, Tag Team Classic, quarterfinals, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus MSK. My note here is that MSK was a really good sign uh, by WWE. I really like those guys. And uh, I think they're, I mean, they're at least going to get to the finals. It's them or Tommaso and... Thatcher. Yeah. Yep. Uh, does anyone? Uh, there's Aaliyah and Jessica, Jesse Kamea versus Rob versus uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I, I thought this was really good. I mean, even Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea, who really aren't even. I mean, they don't focus on them at all. I yeah. thought they 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 had a really great match. There wasn't one botch in the match. There I mean, wasn't, it wasn't. It was the cool Sean Diesel thing at the end with Dakota jumping onto Raquel. Great visual. They're a really solid duo. Yeah, it was really, really good. Tyler Rust uh, with Malcolm Bivens versus some local competitor on NXT. Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, I thought, had a really good segment backstage. Uh, If anybody has uh, anything to add, just jump on in. Uh, Kurt Stallion has won the lottery by being on (laughs) AEW once and then wanting him. They they get a backstage promo with him and McKenzie, whatever. All I wrote was literally the word yeehaw. He was talking like he was in the like the musical Oklahoma. It's like I was riding and I saw tumbleweeds Dude, and the sun come like, up. He's like, if, and do you know how twins at the end of Twins they tell Danny DeVito that you're just the shit left over from making Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like he's that, but with Matthew McConaughey. He's like whatever Matthew McConaughey. He's like just you know bizarro matthew mcconaughey he is not good and that was pre-taped and it was if they if they wrote that for him they're they're trying to sabotage him they don't need to give him tv time they're like every terrible community theater sam shepherd monologue i was gonna go sam shepherd i didn't know if anybody else was gonna pick up uh, on the i have a theater degree um dusty Rhodes tag team classic quarterfinals leon ruff and Kashida versus the grizzled young veterans i thought this was a pretty good match i thought you know the right people won yeah there's really nothing else to say um johnny gargano is great um i i don't have anything to add dexter loomis is uh it's still a gimmick they're using and thanks Uh, to pre-recorded crowds he's over they inserted a pop. Are we, are, we gonna, are we gonna fully recap the uh, rerun of Jaws? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just skip to the man goes event. into fight pit. <laughs> let's, let's let's skip to the main event. Uh, there was a tag team match. It was Kyle O'Reilly 
and Finn Balor versus uh, Oni Warkin and Danny Birch at the very end. Pete Dunne uh, cracked, I guess broke Finn Balor's fingers, and that's going to be the handicap he goes into uh, the match they have. Yeah, I loved this. I thought that was re- I thought it was great. Was yeah, good. I thought it was great too. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Uh, rerun of Jaws, uh, NXT or Dynamite? And I will say, rerun of Jaws. It's it's taking place now, not in July Fourth weekend. July Fourth weekend, I'd probably want to see Jaws more. I was going to say the same exact thing. If this was summertime, I would really love a rerun of Jaws. But uh, <laughs> since I'm chilly, uh, I joined the Dark Order, Dynamite. Mike. Um, I, I picked Dan recapping a rerun of Jaws. So like there's a shark in Amity and like they uh you know the mayor doesn't want to shut things down because they'll lose money, so it gets Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw and, and Hey, look, it's it's my, me recapping WWE is like Hillbilly ASMR. Like I I'm I'm we're we're on Zoom and I'm looking to see the gun that's pointed at your head. And I can't find it. <laughs> Holding up today's <laughs> newspaper, but it's like the Meltzer report. So, AEW <laughs> had some fun stuff. I'll go AEW. Zach, NXT. Robert, I guess NXT just because I really like the uh, Thatcher Champa promo. I think that the chemistry that those guys have is is really good. And I, if anything's going to get Ciampa on the main roster, it's him and Thatcher as a tag team. And I'm oh, curious absolutely. to see what they do. I think this is the new version of the bar. When they put Sheamus and Cesaro together for no reason, yes. I just think these guys are going to elevate each other. And anything that's going to help Thatcher, I'm in favor of. And uh, most of NXT was... Profits would be great. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Uh, anything with them. <laughs> And I always had to, you know, I rarely ever watch. Like, I am as interested in NXT as Robert is in a match between two Japanese people. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just, I don't think I've, I don't think I've watched the full beginning to end episode of NXT since we've done this segment. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. uh, I'm gonna go AEW and echo what uh, Scott said about Joss. Uh, number five, creative has nothing for you. Robert, what are we talking about from uh, the uh, your post-traumatic stress? Uh, yeah. So of I, trauma are we uh, yeah. taking? So I had, I, had one, I had one all queued up uh, because we were talking. Uh, there's the news story about how the finish of the Rumble has everybody scared in the back and what it's like. To I sit can't. In. Now I'm pumped. I'm kind oh, of And, and I, I kind of want to like, I was going to talk about what it's like when you're sitting in the room and Vince is all about a pitch that you know is a fucking disaster. Um, but then Scott started bad-mouthing Edge. And I, I kind of want to, you know, you know, dovetail that for a little bit. But uh, I, I will say, having been in the room when there was a pitch that was going on that Vince wanted, like Vince loved, and it was, it was revolving around what ultimately became the limo explosion. And Vince just got this idea that he should just vanish for a long period of time and not tell anybody. And he's like, I'm not going to show up to the office. I'm not going to show up to board meetings. No one's going to know where I am because I have vanished. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking? And he's just going and nobody can stop him. And he's like, what? And, and I, and the reason I remember this is I was take I had to be the one taking notes for this meeting. And I found the word document later. And it's just like, verbatim like the rant of a crazy person Dude, where he's like what if i get that if you get that word document we're gonna read it on the patreon 
I got to find, I have it on a flash drive somewhere, but it was like, at one point he's like, I'm going to start riding the rails and like grow a beard. And I'm going to start like becoming the leader of like hobos. And I'm going to bring in this hobo army. <laughs> and he's like, can you imagine this? I'm leading my own church. He goes, and then he just goes quiet after he says that. And we're all just staring at him. And then at the top of his lungs, he just screams Jesus Christ and slams his hands down. And we're all just like, no one say a fucking word. And we just had to let him get it out of his system. And I feel like whatever pitch is scaring everybody about the Royal Rumble, which my my guess for that, by the way, not to step on the next segment, is that somebody as a joke said, hey, what if Lars Sullivan wins? And Vince is like, that's it. That's our guy. And nobody has the balls to really be like, no. But when you're in those, it's kind of like a three. Like I, I have a four year old. If he wants to throw a tantrum, I just kind of let him ride it out. And then he's good. You just let Vince get all the crazy out of his system. Then he forgets and has a good workout and it never happened. So wait, so he just said, Jesus Christ. He went, I was sitting next to him. I jumped. I physically jumped out of my seat because <laughs> he screamed at the top of his lungs and slammed the desk. Why was he like, hard. like, why did he, was it like, this is a great idea or this is a no, terrible idea or why was, aren't you guys reacting? This is when he realized he's like, I can do the hobo army or he's like, I could start my own church. And then there was silence. He's like, how fun would that be to, to go after them? How crooked they are and the way they take your money. And then we're just, all right, they silent. I thought we thought he's done. And then he screamed, Jesus Christ. And I physically jumped at him. It's the most <laughs> physical activity I had done. In so my he was tenure. having a silent promo in his head. Yes. And that was just the last. Does he do that a lot? Just start like screaming like a little kid? That was the first time I, I remember seeing it. He'd get excited about stuff, but never, never that. Like he, that's, Was he excited or angry? Oh, he was excited. No, that was his Jesus Christ of him imagining cutting the promo, standing up at the, the pulpit in front of these hobos, <laughs> I'm guessing, and becoming their, their church leader. Uh, let me just, let me just, let me throw out a hot pitch here. You get the broken spirit squad and it's the spirit squad and they all have like hobo beer. <laughs> wait, I just realized. They stopped working. Wait, isn't this retribution? No, this is this is <laughs> the retribution. This is the Wyatt family. Like when I saw the Wyatt family years later, I went, "Oh my God, he finally got his hobo army!" Like he finally got a bunch of guys with beards who oh look like they're God. homeless. Unbelievable. Um, the side note, and this is this is mainly just uh, directed at, at Scott Chaplin because uh, Scott besmirched the good name of Edge. Um, Adam Copeland. Adam Star of Haven. Star of Haven, fan of the TV show Bluey, which I also enjoy. With uh, it's a it's a Disney Junior show. It's fantastic. Uh, we were we were at a, at an arena. He had a bloodied match, and the, no, the referee, and you know, was carrying him to the back. And I was standing somewhere near the back, uh, and he's and he's still being carried after, and he's covered in blood. And he puts his arm around me, and he goes up to this girl who's working as like one of the backstage like arena people and he points me he goes you see this fucking guy right here he did this to me he bloodied me up but he's such a fucking cool guy that i'm still hanging out with him and you should give him your number and i'm like he didn't have to fucking do that it was a weird thing to do and it worked and for that reason and that reason alone edge is the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling. robert has told me that story five fucking times it's the best because it's one have of those. You've th- been, have you I've told never told it on the air. story on this podcast? No. I feel like you've told it on the podcast. I don't think I've told that on the podcast, but it made me think of that when you buried Edge. You said you, you said you guys, I love Edge, by the way. Uh, you said you guys hooked up, you and the girl. On the off, yes, me and Edge, actually, yes. I feel like my wife would be less hot if it was me and Edge. We're like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> um, I, this was many, many years ago um, before yeah. I was happily married. 
I mean, of all of all my friends, Scott is the most like Christian, so I could see why he bonds with them more than that. With Chris, I forget he's there, but when I remember, I'm happy. With 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 Edge, it's you think you know me. With Christian, it's eh, you know me. <laughs> eh, you know me. All right, uh, number six. Let's uh, turn it over to Mike Warrens. Mike is eulogizing this week. I, I will I will pass him the lectern. Uh, yes, um, Zach. If you could edit in at the end of the segment a ten bell salute, I'll, I'll send you the link. We lost Rod McMahon this week, Vince's older brother at the age of 77, which is uh, very young in McMahon years. (laughs) And uh, I'm just completely fascinated by this guy. I I, I first heard about Rod a couple years ago, and Rod did not grow up with Vince. Rod grew up with his dad, Vince Sr., while... Vince Jr., the one we all know, was Vinny Lupton in North Carolina. So the guy who grew up in the wrestling business with his promoter dad wanted nothing to do with it, and the one who didn't decided to conquer it, which is just so fucking Shakespearean to me. Um, He was supposed to be a part of the angle that Robert mentioned where the limo blows up. He was going to be at the Mr. McMahon funeral, so we were finally going to get to see uh rod uh on tv another thing benoit took from us and uh oh jesus jesus christ just just, in case jericho you thought you had the most gratuitous benoit post here comes comes sad mega man michael lawrence yeah and and even like the fact that like vince is such a workaholic but he went to the that's where he was on monday he was at the service and uh, Rod, like, Rod was in the Air Force. He married a woman in Germany. I think he was, still was with and had, like, two sons who looked like wrestlers. Dude, that's ins- the they look like they look like the guys, Patrick, like, the last two guys Patrick Swayze has to fight in Roadhouse. They are big <laughs> Haas motherfuckers. They look, they look like, like if the Harris twins were willing to have Jewish friends. Like... <laughs> You have to imagine they and, saw the uh, God wins and they're like, motherfucker. Like you're getting made fun of on TV. But he owned his own flooring business in Texas. Uh, by the way, I'm not reading. I just remember. All this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually- and he, uh, he seems like a really cool dude. And um, I, I think that uh, I would love to see a documentary. I'd love to see more dude, about. Dan Soder was the- telling me he went to go to a filming of NXT or or something and he was in the front row and there was this security and they looked back and they they thought it was uh like somebody's like like husband or wife and they're like who is that and they're like rod mcmahon they had like a rod mcmahon secret service at a wwe event and he looks nothing like vince he just looks like a regular dude well i mean (laughs) he's also not on whatever fucking dr moreau cocktail vince takes (laughs) after doing legs you know, he also doesn't have his face painted like Vince does <laughs> or whatever. He's, but yeah, I, I just want to give a, a ten bell salute and R.I.P. to to Rod McMahon, the most human McMahon child.
it's kind of like I'm going back and watching The Sopranos now, and it's like Tony had two sisters. There was him and Janice who were involved in everything, and then there was like a third sister who just lived out in Connecticut. She really like she was like raised by the mob, but had nothing to do with it. I feel like that's this guy. He foregoed. Uh, the ch- I don't think that's even a word. Uh, the chance to have like a billion dollar empire and was very happy. Like I'm just going to live in Texas and work in the flooring industry and not hate my existence. It's like, all my soul. It's like the scene in Devil's Advocate where Keanu Reeves kills himself. <laughs> I feel like it's very similar to that moment. Does anyone have any thoughts on Rod McMahon, Scott? Yeah, no. I mean, look, the McMahons—they live a long time. Clearly. We know that's because they've sold their souls and Rod didn't. Uh, so, yeah, man, rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, could have lived but a lot Vicky... longer, man. You should have joined the business. <laughs> but let's just say Vicky, Vicky McMahon is 101, so she clearly did. Still alive. Went to his mom. Can, you, can you imagine the conversation the two of them had? It's like, Rod, I just closed a billion-dollar deal with Fox. We got this new pine that you put down, and it'll last you for a good 10 years. Uh, number seven, and it's back <laughs> like Nakamura's theme song. It's Scott's New Japan Corner. Scott, oh, what up, boys? So, uh, New Japan, uh, new beginning is Saturday, new beginning in Nagoya. Um, it's it's one of their you know big cards of the year. Um, and uh, it's headlined by Shingo Takagi versus uh. Tanahashi for the never open weight title. That's the main event. And it's gonna uh, be fucking incredible. Dude, it's gonna be so good. And the feud has actually been good. Uh in those tag matches that, you know, Mike hates in New Japan. Uh they've got wins back and forth over each other. So the storylines going into this show are fairly easy to comprehend. Um the fourth match uh is Will Ospreay versus uh Kojima in a no DQ match. So we're getting an ODQ match in New Japan, which is pretty uh, friggin' sweet. Uh, that'll be fun. And that's a follow-up to uh, at New Year's Dash. I think Dan and Mike watched it. Um, Kojima is one of the guys that Will Ospreay attacked uh, after his match, uh, him and Great Okan. Um, Okan is also fighting uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzin, and a loser has to retire the Mongolian chop. Uh, so New Japan is like doing this thing where – they want to, you know, appeal to like Western viewers. Uh, oh, well, and they, they don't, that Mongolian yeah, but they like shot don't know how to book stipulation to matches, dude. Yeah, the way they book stipulation matches is so fucking comical. And so uh, this is, yeah, it's like you have to retire one of your moves that nobody gives a shit about. Uh, Are they going to do the WWE know, thing where the guy is going to be using it in like a month? <laughs> oh no 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 no! And people will cry after it if 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 the guy they love loses and he can no longer use that chop, women will cry. That's uh, that's the New Japan way. Well, they also call it the open weight title, and isn't aren't all titles open weight except cruiserweight? Yeah, I mean, so yes, uh, the yeah the 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 light heavyweight is is a is a weight thing. Uh, but the never open weight, it's kind of like their strong style title. They should really just change it to that, where it's just like the toughest guy gets this one. That's what Dude, what a great be. heel gimmick, though. Like the like a really big fat guy who's like the like the king of the cruiserweights. 
Like, oh yeah, I would love did, to. did that with Matt Hardy in two thousand three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, right Matt Hardy gets it hard on the show. Number eight, it's time for an edition of Rebook Rewind. This week, brought to us by uh, Mike Lawrence. We're going to talk about the Undertakers. Uh, like what what you would do after the streak. Rebook his his uh, run after the streak. The matches he had either at Mania or the matches he had at. You know, SummerSlam or whatever, or Super Saudi Showdown. Uh, however, uh, detail do you want to get? Let's start out with Mike Lawrence since it was his idea. Yeah. So the the the, the stipulation uh, here uh, is he still loses at WrestleMania 30 because we don't want to go so far back. So that happens. But then what happens after? I think that you have him gone for like. Two years, I think you do the the Roman match, and that's it. <laughs> and then he's gone. I think that he. Sh- I think that he uh, should have lost to Roman, and and that was it. And everything after that kind of felt weird. Maybe maybe you could do the AJ thing because it doesn't really feel like a match. But I think the amount that he came back and all the Saudi stuff and everything, the, the Bray Wyatt thing was the de- definite disaster. The Shane thing, um, I don't, I don't know if that, that's still in anyone's rebooking plans, but it's certainly not in mine. I would, I would have Meow. Him, him versus Roman, and that's and and the SummerSlam match with Brock is good, but I don't think you needed it. That was a good match, Scott. I always wanted them to let Taker age. I didn't like that he dyed his hair all the time, and I thought the CM Punk feud especially, there was something about the way Punk pointed out his age and and the way that Heyman was able to cut a promo. I thought that was the opportunity to just let his gray hair grow, Um, but that didn't happen. So anyway, yeah, he loses to Lesnar. That happens. You do let him disappear for like two years, Um, but you make sure he does some DDP yoga during it. <laughs> fair, two, fair. <laughs> two years off, he does DDP yoga. He comes back, brand new hip, right? Brand new knees, bright future. Uh, you have him fight John Cena because that's the match we all needed to happen. It had to happen. Uh, and so that's the one that happens. So you check that off the list. Undertaker versus John Cena at a WrestleMania. And uh, he can win. He wins this one. And then you have him fight Bray Wyatt. Uh, This was back when it was the Wyatt family, not this fiend stuff, uh, when people wanted that to happen because that was the thing people wanted. Uh, When when the Wyatt family was hot, that was the shit. And I think this is the match that you book like Taker's Farewell. And that's when you book it kind of like they did with Sting and Triple H. Um, So you have the Wyatt family run out. And then you have like Gangrel and and shit run out. I, I think the ministry. Yeah, you have a ministry run out. You have Kane run out, you know, like these little callbacks to the past. You have Taker fighting a fucking a spooky enough guy and then let Wyatt Dude, win. And, and if you had corporate Kane and he ripped off the business suit and had like the Kane suit underneath, that would get a massive fucking pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. But that's it. You, I mean, literally, after he loses to Lesnar, you only have him fight Cena, and then you have him and win, and you have him fight Wyatt, and he loses. And then Wyatt has a chance at, like, you know, I mean, he, he does have an amazing career, obviously. The Fiend is a huge success. But uh, 
but that Wyatt was supposed to have worked. And I think we need to remember that, that the fiend is a desperation move uh, because they ruined Bray Wyatt. And I think if you haven't beat Taker, it doesn't get ruined. It was okay, a great Dean. gimmick when it started out. Robert. Yeah. All right. Uh, Undertaker loses to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. It's a, it's a major moment. The streak is over. The next night on raw, you open with Undertaker coming down to the ring, long entrance, gets in the ring, gets down on one knee, puts the hand up, crowds chanting, thank you, Taker, and he leaves. And it's like, that's his curtain call. This is also the first show after WrestleMania 30 where Daniel Bryan wins the title. Show ends Daniel Bryan's title celebration. Undertaker comes out and beats the fuck out of Daniel Bryan. Because Ooh. now this is the first time that this is he's over this dead man bullshit. This is an insecure man who's worried that he might have lost it. He may have destroyed and tarnished his reputation. He is now snapped. You do Taker and Brian at Extreme Rules, which was Brian and Kane. And then Brian was diagnosed and written off TV. Undertaker should be the one to have written Daniel Bryan off of TV. And then you start your run of this grizzled old man undertaker at the top of the card where you have a talented young roster. You have John Cena who isn't young at that point, but he's still, he's really well established at this point going after him. You have the shield, you have the Wyatt, you have all this interplay with undertaker sitting at the top. And this gives him the kind of main event heel run where he's limited in terms of how much he's wrestling, but you're making the most out of those four or five matches. And that's how you get some interesting longevity out of him, as well as allowing Taker to do what he always really wanted to be able to do, which was play a version of himself. When he was the heel version of the American badass, he was a great heel. He was a dick when it came to guys like Jeff Hardy. Like you wanted to see him get his ass kicked and the, this insecure angry guy who lost the streak which was the most important thing to him at the top of the card when they needed established veterans is the best way to use taker after losing to brock well i love that uh let me add in mine which is kind of an amalgamation of everybody's um we start out you know brock brock beats taker you're not going to change that um you could you know i guess you could have the match at SummerSlam, do that seth rollins finish but for me, I would, st I would, I would, I would stay away from it. I would skip a WrestleMania um, at WrestleMania 32 instead of that Shane match. You have Bray versus The Undertaker, and you kind of, you know, I really did like Bray's program there, where they like it was him calling out The Undertaker and being in the casket, and you know, it wasn't all hits, but it was in the right direction. Um, so everyone thinks The Taker's going to come back and get this win, uh, but he comes back and he loses. And it's kind of like similar to what they're doing with Tanahashi now. So he loses that match and it's like, oh shit, well, Bray's now a made guy. Next, next year you do the you do an abbreviated version of the Roman Reigns match with Roman Reigns, you know, say so you still get that that great Maillard promo. And then you come at 34, which we already have seen in Rome seen in Taker, which to Scott's uh Scott's point is a match that we all wanted to see. So seeing it like Undertaker's about to retire after uh, the Rome, you know, the Roman Reigns uh, match and seen as the one who gets him out of retirement to have one more match. 
and he has the match and uh and undertaker wins is the first win after losing three wrestlemanias in a row and then next year uh it's 35 so he's not at that mania and 36 it's this year and unfortunately i think i think you can do okay i think you do the aj undertaker american badass graveyard match or whatever you do that hear me out at fast lane before wrestlemania and then at wrestlemania 36 and i don't know how you get there but it's drew versus undertaker and it's very similar to the rick flair Shawn michaels storyline where drew drew doesn't want to do it and then you know the last moment is you know the undertaker kind of on his knees as mark calloway just saying to drew it's time and then getting the claymore and then you make Drew and you retire The Undertaker the right way and in the ring, which is how Mark Calloway wants to go. You don't need to make it a what you don't need to make it a long match. You just need to make it a climactic one. Zach, do you have any ideas? I like your idea. That was a good one. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> now I just picture Drew saying that I'm sorry, I love you, and it's then kicking him. I always have. I always will. <laughs> You know, if you love the idea, why do they keep calling the cops out of me when I'm in front of Shane McMahon's wife's condo? Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Please um, take her. Get me over because no one else can. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mike, come on. He's a good champ. Uh, you know. Number nine, shot or no shot. Instead of just doing the rumble predictions, uh, we're not going to do the undercard this year. I, I just kind of want to go through the rumble and, and see what you guys think. Vince isn't I'm paying attention even... to it. Neither should we. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go, you know, the, who, who, you know, we, we kind of, uh, who cares? All right. Let's go to the men's row rumble. Here, here's the undercard. Spear, Claymore, Claymore, Spear, Spear, Claymore. <laughs> there we go. Uh, here's the uh, list of entrants and the men's Royal rumble match. Um, we'll, uh, we'll start just say shot or no shot. Okay. Start out Dolph Ziggler. Robert? No Ooh. shot. Scott? No shot. Zach? No shot. All right, Mike and Zach? No shot. All right, let's just do that order. No shot, okay? Sammy Zane? No shot. No shot. No shot. No shot. Jeff Hardy? No shot. All right, no just shot. all right. Just tell me when someone has a shot, okay? <laughs> yes. Jeff Hardy, a shot of heroin. <laughs> uh, 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 Cesaro, I'm going to speak up and say there's a there is a story of of doing trying to do like the Daniel Bryan Kofi Mania thing, but with a face Cesaro leading to Roman just destroying him at WrestleMania. But there's no way Vince is going to let that happen, right? I think it's. I think if the, he's got a realistic outside chance because there was that story where all the writers were putting together their list of who they believe deserves a push, and I guess everybody almost unanimously said Cesaro. So you're doing a WrestleMania where you really don't need to sell tickets. So if you're going to ever take a shot with Cesaro, do it here. Well, let's get everybody's hopes up for a thing that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> he has more of a chance of randomly being fired on Sunday. <laughs> you know it won't be random. It will be well thought out. <laughs> well, you weren't on my list, pal. Cesaro, hey, great news. You, know, you have next Friday off. Don't you know any time they get a billion-dollar deal, they got to fire a bunch of people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the Illuminati sacrifice of it all. Otis. That was, that was Rod. 
Otis. Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! In God we trust. Uh, Otis. He's busy taking uh, Nia Jax's no. class at Performance Center. Not a chance. Uh, but they're going to do a cute thing where it's like, oh, he's too heavy to throw over the rope, even though there's like 20 guys heavier than them and him in the match. Um, Otis, uh, where he said that, Shinsuke Nakamura. No. Shot. Yeah, I think the same thing with Cesaro. They can go with Cesaro or Nakamura in that thing. I think there's a chance more than Otis. I see, I see Nakamura doing uh, fighting Roman at Fastlane. Yes, I agree. Jay Uso. No shot. Yeah, he's just too good in this role. AJ Styles. No shot. Which, no. wait, a credit, credit to WWE. The thing that they did, which is like, the usually doesn't work, where it's you have like the guys immediately start feuding and then become friends. They did that with Jay Uso and Roman, and it's worked amazingly. Yeah. Bobby Lashley. I think he's got a shot. He's been booked so fucking strong. I feel like if Vince can't come up with a finish or he has no faith in the finish, he's just going to go, fuck it. Let's put that big bastard over. I think the strike against him is we already saw him against Drew. And it, it was a fine he's match. Really good. It was a fine match, but I feel like for WrestleMania to make it really special, it, Lashley is the king of the mid card. I, I will say shot only if uh, his former manager uh, Trump comes in. That's true. Oh my God! Can you imagine? You're putting that out there. Daniel Bryan <laughs> shot. I yeah, shot. shot to no shot. I think Daniel Bryan has no shot. I no, say I shot do. because him and Reigns. You know we've seen that match before, but this Reigns, this character against Daniel Bryan, who can be the ultimate underdog whenever he wants to be would be a great story and a great fucking match. So I say shot. Oh yeah. I think the promo that Roman can cut, Daniel, think about your family. Think about how many times you've almost lost the chance to hold your child. I'm going to take that from you. And you're totally right. I just don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, They're not going to do it. And they, they prefer that story with edge. They prefer, you know, I'd love to see the promo of, uh, like the voiceover, you know, like the uh, almost Roman Reigns Thanos voiceover. Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan is like sitting there in the ring incapacitated. There's no vegan food at the head of the table. <laughs> <laughs> There's no turducken <laughs> in Samoa. You mean um, tofurkey? <laughs> no, turducken is like three types of meat. No, that's right. Turdu- that's how you know I'm a fat fuck. I couldn't even say Topher. Topher. <laughs> All right, Rand- Randy Orton. I think much to the chagrin of everyone on this on this podcast, he has a shot. Even though, even though I love Randy and I think he's been the best wrestler of last year, uh, he doesn't need to win the Rumble. But I think he does have a shot. Robert, I think okay. oh, Mike. I'd say shot of shots. I think that when people say this is going to be a scary Rumble, this is exactly what they mean, and they're being literal. And spooky shit that makes Scott upset is going to happen. And I think Randy has the biggest shot. This is the only way Randy has the biggest shot. Because if the Fiend, instead of throwing him over the ropes, he, I don't know, something upside down that in Stranger (laughs) Things, that's where he goes. (laughs) It's like the Maven. It's like, you know how Maven never got thrown over the ropes? It's that because Orton got sucked into, you know, some horseshit universe. 
No. Yeah, it's Orton and uh, what's her? What? Who? Who was the red-haired girl on Stranger Things? Oh, Peggy. No. If he RKO'd Peggy, that would be the greatest Royal Rumble moment ever. No, I think Scott's right. I think what's going to happen, it's, Orton's not going to win, but it's going to be like, he's going to be alone in the ring because he eliminated somebody, and then the ropes are going to light on fire, and he's going to run away, and he's never he was never technically eliminated, but he was scared off by the Fiend. <laughs> but we will have a burnt-faced Randy Orton in a Royal Rumble, and I think it is going to be so much fun to see. I think he's going to be <laughs> hilarious. I think it's going to be awesome. And he, I think it's going to be great. He's always great at so these Rumbles. His he's mask needs great. to have flames, though. They need to add flames he, to the mask. Dude, if they give him Kane's mask, I just give him Kane's mask, Randy Kane. <laughs> that would be fucking great. I mean, he literally looks like Santo from like the 60s. Yeah. He looks like a Mexican luchador. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he's i mean he is he, is he the most if there was a lifetime if there was like a not I mean not lifetime definitely not he's not, not lifetime but there was a chicken shit and a chicken salad award he's he's been winning it for the past two years right oh yeah absolutely yeah but the salad still tastes like shit <laughs> <laughs> it's also burnt. Uh, the Miz, no shots anybody disagree with me no. he's in the rumble Ed, wow uh the, the miss is in the rumble yeah hmm Edge definitely has a shot. Yeah, yeah. That? I, I don't no, think he either. has a shot because I don't. I think they're too worried about doing Edge and Drew at Mania because you you're already risking Drew's babyface push against Goldberg babyface babyface to put him in there with Edge. The audience is going to be ninety ten in favor of Edge, and they need Drew to be over. But who does Edge face at Mania? Drew. I don't think they're well, taking. Well, the there was a rumor Drew. it's going to be the Fiend. Edge versus the Fiend. That's the rumor. That means yeah, Edge I mean, is going to save Orton. That, that's how that feud is going to go. Yes, I guess. Ugh. Okay, hey, you know what? Actually, I think I might love it. Dude, it's going to be a heel age, Edge, back to rated R superstar Edge, I think. I'd be cool with that. John Morrison, uh, no way. Sheamus, possible. He's the guy who they should have gone with at Rumble. It should have been Sheamus uh, and uh, and Drew it, to get that. Def- I tell you what, they definitely shouldn't go with him winning the Rumble. That would be a terrible idea. I, I, I'd say David Crumholtz in a Scottish outfit has a better chance than John Morrison <laughs> or Sheamus. Uh, or or, Mustafa Ali, no way, right? And here are some people that haven't been announced, but I think will be in the Rumble. Brock Lesnar always has a shot. Brock always has a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone disagree with me on that? No. No. All right, Tyson Fury. I don't think so. I, I don't think Vince thinks he's famous enough. The same same thing with Daniel Cormier, who I had. Um, the Fiend Bray Wyatt. I think he's got a shot. Yeah, I think he might be the one. I think yeah. he's gonna win too. God, Drew's gonna stab him with the sword. <laughs> That's the finish of Mania. They're going to do it's the Fiend like- versus Drew, and Drew's going to stab him with the sword. Dude, if they finally pay off that sword, I'll be fucking happy. <laughs> oh, fuck. You think Drew – is Drew going to be able to go into the Firefly Funhouse by, like, sticking a sword into a normal wall, and then he opens it, and it's like a portal? It's like Alice in Wonderland? No. Stop coming up with ideas because now Vince is going to hear it. QT is going to call Vince. He's trying to jump ship. Oh, I love that. The Fiend's curse goes back to like medieval times and only a knight <laughs> can defeat him. What is this, Dude, Army of Darkness? Uh, I'm laughing, Robert, because I imagine imagine if they did the Rick Rude on Nitro thing, but with QT Marshall. 
<laughs> who is that man? Ross. No, seriously, right. who, who is that both man? shows? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute. He's on NXT. Yeah. NAEW. This guy tanked uh, the ratings on both shows. <laughs> <laughs> Jay White, no way, right? That's a word. No, John no, no, Cena. No, no, no. Uh, I think he's got a shot, and I would love to see John Cena and Roman. They can make that. I work would yet. love to see him show up. I don't think he needs the rumble though. The rumble, like the rumble has now become because there are two titles. What's the feud that needs more of a push? And I don't think that one would. Yeah. But I think that the, the, the curveball here is the Peacock deal. Cause this is the first WrestleMania on Peacock uh, and Vince is going to want to blow the roof off of it. And if you can yeah. stay now, as of this Sunday, John Cena is your main event against Roman Reigns. That's going to attract a lot of people I to mean, go subscribe to Peacock, and Vince can be like, "All those buys are because of me." Dude, when, when, well, you know, like that big the, the big question whenever putting a WrestleMania card together is, "What's the biggest match we have right now?" Fuck. And is there a bigger match than? And it makes everyone right happy. It just made me because now it's like the like the end of usual well, suspects. Is there a bigger match? No, I'm asking. Is there a bit besides Rock and and Roman Reigns, which we're not going to get at this WrestleMania? Is there a bigger match than Cena Roman? No, but this makes everyone happy because this means Cena is going to be on Fox, so Fox can be happy. Cena is going to be on the, as part of the Peacock deal. He's going to be at WrestleMania, so now NBC Universal and Fox are going to be over the moon thrilled. And uh, well, yes, Dan, well, there is uh, Mace versus Slapjack. <laughs> The retribution <laughs> right. implodes. You're right, Mike. I, it was on the table the whole time, and I didn't see it. Uh, well, it's funny right. because I'm I, I'm looking at the list of of people you potentially think could be in the rumble, and you don't have. I feel here's the thing. I want retribution in the rumble for one reason. The rumble. Well, I didn't, that I didn't say retribution that, was going to be the rumble. I said, you know, who has a shot of winning the damn thing? Well, slapjack. It's his year. But <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying is. I, I want them in the Rumble, even if they don't win or whatever, because of the fact that the Rumble, you watch it back years later to remember the best stuff and the shittiest stuff. I, I want to know that Retribution was a thing in 2021. If I'm watching this in like 2043, give me Slapjack. Dude, I, you slap, give Slapjack the Bushwhacker spot. Remember, remember when they made a Rumble 40 men just to like accommodate the Nexus and the core? Yes. <laughs> you said that like R. Well, they had like well, seven, had, like, seven R's, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like when we went back and watched that one Rumble and it was like, oh, right to censors in it nine times. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, this is just a question. Anybody in the championship matches, like if Drew, Goldberg, Roman, or Kevin, you know, win, loses the match, they enter the Rumble and win. Do you think see that happening at all? Goldberg's all right, the only Adam guy. Cole. No. Adam Cole. No way, right? No. This is an interesting one. Karrion Cross. No. No? All right. No. Uh, Keith, uh, Keith Lee? No. Pat no. McAfee. Ooh, Here we no. go. This is the big no. one. The, the, well, this is a no, but The Rock. No. No. Here's who I think it could be. I think this is the year we could see Sam Punk enter the Rumble. And win because the there's no fans? Because <laughs> there's no fans. The ultimate thing, like, it's, it's, it's his, it would be the ultimate fuck you. It would, it would actually one-up the FS1 appearance. What do you think, Scott? Is there any chance that happens? Yeah, dude, just put a bullet in, in, in my feelings for him, you know? End it. 
Please. You know, I want him to be the special appearance, but he comes in there and just does the Drew Carey thing, goes into the ring, counts the money Vince gave him, jumps over the top rope and leaves. <laughs> what if he comes out in like Slapjack's mask, takes it off and then puts it back on? That's, that's burying Slapjack. Slapjack's a much bigger star than Punk. Oh you, know, my God. you know who I think does have a real good shot, Dan, is, is Big E. Oh, I forgot to put him down. Yeah, he definitely has a huge shot. And wait, I just want to add with CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk, this was this was close to my Mark App moment of the week. He just put over Goldberg on yes. Twitter, which is like the funniest thing you can do to piss off smart marks. It's just like Goldberg, smartest man in the room. <laughs> he ain't funny. wrong. He's not wrong at all. No, he's not. Here's a dark horse, even though he's pale as fuck. Boom, Connor McGregor. He just lost. I mean, he's not, you know, like his UFC days may be numbered. Dan, All right. Dan, he lost. Dude, dude. I, I, no. Irish people, Irish people hate Scottish people, right? That's the thing. Uh yeah, well, I guess Scottish are more British influenced, so yes. Yeah. So yeah, him and Drew, there you go. Have subtitles for the promos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, the darkest of the dark horses. Dick to go. <laughs> Robert, does Dick to go have a shot to win this thing? I mean, D- Dick to go is hard to beat, so I think it could be him. Um, All right. Mike. Wait, Dan. Hello? Yeah, man. Dan, you didn't say Rollins? Oh, shit. I forgot Seth, too. Yeah. We that's, had Dick that's... to go before Seth Rollins. <laughs> that's how important I think... Rollins is. That's, that's very. Murphy? I also I didn't put Alistair Black either because I thought he had no shot, but. Here, here's my prediction. Ready? Mm-hmm. Rollins returns and wins the Rumble. And he comes back on. He's a face, though. He he acts like a face in the yeah. match. And on SmackDown, he confronts Roman and he says, uh, I just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what, how you should really treat family. And you're not treating Jay right. It's, it's funny. So it's funny. I'm going to beat that. you at Mania. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> you said, like Taylor Williamson. <laughs> It's funny you say that though, Scott, because when I thought we were doing the round table and I was trying to figure out like, all right, how does the Kevin Owens match end? My guess was that Rollins was going to come out and lay out Kevin Owens and align with Roman Reigns because it's the only way to put them both in the same show. And then cutting that same thing of, you know, I have a baby. I know what it's like to have to be the head of a table. And, uh, you know, I prefer to be riding your coattails, Roman. I just imagine him coming out and his new theme is it's my round ball and I'll cry if I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for, women's Rumble, let's, for the women's rumble, let's just, you know, get through this quick. Um, That's what Vince couple, said during the run for the show. <laughs> this is, I'm going to, I'm going to just say the first, like, uh, like five and just tell me if you, any, any of these have a shot. Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Tamina Snuka, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan. Mary fuck kill. Or what was the point of that? List? <laughs> Alexa bliss. I think she's got a shot for sure. Yeah, yeah. Shayna Baszler. No. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Bianca Belair. She's got a shot, but just not a big shot. Bailey, that's kind of who I hope wins, and I think she's got a shot. Yeah. Charlotte Flair, no, I don't think she's got a shot. Nia Jax, Peyton Royce, no, no. And then some dark horses I have, 
And I think the last one is is a very is a real possibility. Uh, Trish Stratus, uh, no, e- Eva Marie, the Bella Twins, the Rock's daughter, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. I think that's possible, but probably too soon. Kari Sane, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, very possible. And last but not least, but it, it's probably my pick and uh, of, of somebody, the dark horse that could win it all. And that's Ronda Rousey being brought back because I'm not sure if. Uh, she is one of the betting favorites, and she commented on it, making a joke like, oh, there's no way it's going to be me. And there's no reason for her to have acknowledged it otherwise. The problem is. Both of the women's titles right now, the Raw women's title is ice cold with Asuka because she's busy as a tag champ. Uh, the only way, I mean, I could see Charlotte winning and then they're both tag champs and they're going to feud with each other. Oh, okay, yeah. But on I SmackDown, it's Sasha It's Sasha Banks and like, you know, who Carmella is the number one contender. Yeah. I don't even know. There's, there's nobody that's, there's no exciting match that they have for it. No, they got to get an NXT. Uh, Rhea, Rhea's got to win it. Yeah, Rhea, Rhea chasing a heel Bailey is what I want, though. Right. The, you have two baby faces with the title, so you need a heel to win the Women's Rumble, and there's no really white-hot heel. Okay, but okay, then Alexa, right? Because that yeah. does seem realistic yeah. as hell. Uh, they basically sacrifice Asuka for her. <laughs> well, aren't you also sacrificing the idea of a Fiend victory? I mean, unless it's they both win, which, holy shit. They could both win, man. It could be the night of the fiend. I think so. Wow. I think it could be like Halloween horror night. That sounds like a like an in your house, in your house night of the fiend. Night of <laughs> night of the fiend. I mean, we had we we had two Japanese people in like 2018. I think that Vince is like, let's just do another theme thing. <laughs> you think the fiend's Japanese with the mask? I don't understand. Oh my god! No, it, that like it, they, you think Bruce hasn't pitched that? that? <laughs> Indeed, sir. <laughs> All right. And finally, number 10, the kick out, the unpopular opinion of the week. I'll start because mine's not particularly good. And it's not like a, it's not a, it's not that unpopular. But uh, I, I say go back to the 40 man rumble for a couple of years. You have enough, at least on the male side, you have enough talent to do it. I thought it was really fun when they did it the one year. And, you know, maybe not this year because there's no audience, but. You know, who cares? Make it two matches on the undercard and make the rumble longer. I made myself laugh because I was just going to say, we're trying to kill Pat Patterson, and I completely forgot that he just passed away. (laughs) Uh, All right, Robert, what's your unpopular opinion this week? Uh, I think the WWE is turning the corner on retribution. I think that what they're doing with Ali being petty. I thought that was great. I think that they backed backed into this story by accident of like, oh, the whole reason why Ali would start retribution is because he got robbed of being in that elimination chamber that led to Kofi starting Kofi mania. And if retribution just keeps picking off guys one at a time, the double choke slam on Xavier Woods look good. Uh, I don't like slapjack losing because he should be a Goldberg level uh, streak at this point, but (laughs) Ali and them they're, they're turning the corner on retribution. Mike. I think that, uh, Wins and losses should not be uh, recorded on Dark. I think that it really hurts uh, Dynamite. I think that Dark sucks. There's like 15 matches, and now everyone I has. I like, disagree with you though, because like, how do you make Sean Spears? How do you make him at all credible unless you have those wins against jobbers? Yeah, but they also they also have losses. So then they come on the main right. roster, and it's like everyone's like 
13 and 14 and all this shit. Right. I, I just think I think that it should be a place to get people better. They should uh, stop with having to give everyone work uh, every week. It's like the women's matches on dark are also like four minutes. Like this is where they can grow. This is where your wrestlers can get better. But like when I see like a top flight or, you know, some of these other teams and they already have a bunch of wins and losses, I should be able to watch dynamite and what happens on dynamite should only that's uh, that's all I should need. There should not be anything else that I have to watch. <laughs> that's picky, Mike. Is it? picky? <laughs> I mean, I think that I, I, I think that, you know, you kind of, you don't really take advantage of jobbers if you have none of their losses count. I think the one cool thing about having jobbers in the win-loss record is it makes, you know, it makes an opponent seem credible who wouldn't otherwise be credible. And I think that's yeah. fine if those losses, those wins and losses are on Dynamite, but if they're not on a show that – if they're on a show on YouTube that 100,000 people are watching as opposed to your main show that – six to eight hundred thousand people are watching i don't think that they should be tallied they, they originally weren't that was the whole thing like when omega went up against janela it was like this won't matter either way like they shouldn't matter like it should be a place for people to get good and that's it uh zach well i agree beating joey janela shouldn't matter zach <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the, the first thing that popped in my head was uh, Ali. I actually really like Ali. I think he's very underrated right now, even though. Yeah, like, yeah I thought that promo was great. Scott? Yeah, I, I, I think he's awesome. I think um, another underrated promo that you guys shit on this episode was Sting and Darby Allen. It, uh, what? Oh, my. Yeah, man. It made me want to. Yeah, man. It made me want to eat some uh, Count Chocula. It made me feel cozy, man. <laughs> Did it, did, it, did it make you want to break some pre-broken glass? <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of like a uh, like a public access, uh, like you know, spooktacular, and it, like they were going to introduce a movie. I, I liked it. I I just liked the presentation of it. It felt like uh, like pro wrestling. Like it, Sting, know? yeah, Sting does feel like a great Halloween dad. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah he <laughs> he's like, ah, Darby, we're gonna go. Uh, 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 which, which which houses have all the candy? Yeah, he's like the dad. Like, if you want to be R two, he will be C three PO. Like, he will <laughs> he will join your costume. Oh, he definitely like he apologizes if he scares kids too. Like, boo, just kidding. <laughs> Here's a full size candy bar. May the Lord yeah, love you. That I is. That, I just love that. Like. Every Darby promo is black and white, except the one with a guy that was born when there were only black and white movies. <laughs> no, Ted Turner colorized him. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think they need to, b- before you say what you got to say, I think they need to break up, not like in a mutual respect way of a, of a, I'm going to go on and carry on your legacy, but in a like, leave me alone dad way. <laughs> well, I just, in a I'm running away kind of way and a turn down of your music kind of way I think that could be cool I just imagine there's a village where all the wrestlers live and the one house you can't trick or treat at is Grizzly Smith's <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no you stay away from Grizzly's house <laughs> that's a that's a year round Halloween at that place alright we gotta go it's been fun Patreon's gonna be the Royal Rumble it's gonna be on Monday morning we're gonna talk about it right after it happens uh, let me start out. Uh, I'm going to be at Acme Comedy Club next week, 
which should be a blast. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Rate this podcast. Uh, I'm also going to be, um, I guess, filming something for the Ultimate Warrior documentary in a couple weeks uh, for A&E, which, Mike, I think you worked on one of those. Um, I did. Yes. So uh, so that should be fun when that comes out. I don't know when that I have another thing I don't really want to even say because everything keeps getting moved. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that's about it. Uh, buy our shirt on prowrestlingtees.com. Robert? Follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish. Uh, looking forward to getting to watch the Rumble on Sunday. Mike? Uh, Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram and. Uh... Yeah, well, buy my albums. Um, I get or listen to them on Spotify. I get like a cent each time. Yeah, I'm gonna echo that. Uh, so I wanted to say, Zach. I mean, Mike, did you hear me and Scott were texting about it? The uh, the Meltzer like talking about social media worth on his uh, radio. On his radio, it is the funniest. He just keeps talking. Like you can tell, he's furious that Brian Alvarez's net worth is more worth more than his, and then talking about how much money he would make if he sold his Twitter followers. It's it's a really of, good time. It's mad money, but with the guy from Rain Man, Scott. <laughs> I want to promote uh, <clears throat> this weekend's Patreon because uh, I think this Royal Rumble is going to be particularly goofy. And I cannot wait to shit on it with you guys <laughs> and enjoy it. Like, dude, I think Orton well, is Rumble's gonna, blast. I think Orton is going to have a performance that might go down as one of the the best in wrestling history this Sunday. And I want you to hear our opinions uh, that Monday after it. So subscribe to the Patreon. I mean, I just I'm already excited for the canned uh, count to from 10 to one chant every time someone comes out. <laughs> I mean, you guys, the fiend is going to be in the Royal Rumble. It's going to happen. Like, just join the Patreon. Uh, Zach, wash your hands. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you next week.